Good morning, and I just want to welcome you today. We're glad that you're with us, and um, we're going to have a time together where Paul's going to do some teaching, so it's great to be together. I want to remind you that if you need anything or if we want to connect with us in any way, you can do that at newlifecollingwood.com, and we would love to hear from you. We'd love to see hear how you're doing or um, if there's any way we can meet a need for you. Please just let us know, and uh, check out our website too. You know what? We have a contest happening for kids that we are pretty excited about, and I've received some videos of kids memorizing the 23rd Psalm. So if you'd like to know more about that, you can do that by emailing me at children at newlifecollingwood.com. Um, it's been fun. And speaking of fun, I would like to introduce Isabel because she has also been working on her 23rd Psalm. So I'd like to just take a few minutes to have you share some time with her. Oh, hi, Isabel. How are you today? Oh, I'm good. How are you today? Oh, I'm pretty good. Good. We're having nice weather today, so I was outside and I'm inside, and then now you're here. Yeah, it's good to be here. And what have you been up to? Well, I have been trying to memorize the 23rd Psalm. Oh, so you have been working away on it. That's fabulous. Yeah, I still need some help sometimes, but um, I'm pretty good. Well, you know what's really great for families is for some people, if they've got two kids in the family or one kid in the family, they could still do it either by themselves or the kids could do it together. Yeah, so, yeah I, I heard that there's some that already know it. Some of the kids have already memorized it. I've actually even received a video of somebody saying the 23rd Psalm. So what we're going to do is once the kids have it memorized, they're going to ha I'm going to have mom and dad tape it, videotape it, and then send it to me so that we can put their name in our draw. Oh. You, and then your name could go in too. Oh. Oh, I know. I like that. Do you want to say what you've already um, already got memorized? Um, yeah, sure, I'll try. Okay, go. Okay. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. Cha-cha-cha. Oh. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. Cha cha cha. Oh. Um he revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. Cha cha cha. Okay, so what um, I am not sure that the cha 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 is in the Bible. Oh I know I just I just added that. Really? So you're kind of adding your own little cha-cha-cha flavor. Yeah, yeah. It, it helps me memorize it. Okay, wow, that's fabulous. Yeah, um, I, I think I have one more verse okay. uh, that I memorized. Uh, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, uh -huh. I shall fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I'm not exactly sure what that means. Well, when they say, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, it actually sounds a little bit scary, doesn't it? Yeah. But what it really means is, is it's, like, it's like it's saying, when I go through something challenging, when I go through something very hard, when I go through something that might feel kind of scary, yeah. you don't have to be afraid because God promises that he will always be with you. Oh, yeah. you mean like going to kindergarten? Well, yes, the first day of kindergarten might be a, yeah. something that makes you feel nervous. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Okay. And, and you know what, when he says, 
your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Remember that it's like Jesus is the shepherd. Oh. So the rod or the staff is like his cane, his long crooked cane, that if one of the sheep got away, he would very gently take the crook of his his staff or his shepherd hook and he would pull him back in. Oh, I get it. To keep him safe. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Well, I'm glad that you're working away on it. You know yeah. what? You've got a lot of it memorized. Yeah, pretty good. I'm thinking maybe next week we will have videos start to come in. Do you think you Ooh. can finish yours and have it memorized by next week? Um, it try. all depends on how, how much gardening I get done. Are you a gardener? No. Oh, oh, you're going to learn how to garden? Well, yeah, kind of. Okay. Well, we'll leave you to your gardening, Bye. Isabel. Bye. Bye, everybody. Have a great day. Well, Chris and Isabel, thank you for doing that. Isabel, we'll talk a little bit about dancing in a moment. Thanks for joining us. It is so good to know that you are with us right now. We know that your week right now can be somewhat chaotic and crazy. You're probably coming into a lot of mornings feeling like you're tired and wondering how long this is going to go on. We want to try something a little different this morning and give you an opportunity to just slow down and really intentionally bring your focus in on God, on his son Jesus, on the spirit of God. And Steve is going to lead us through a little exercise right now that will allow you just a few minutes to turn your eyes toward God. Well, this morning we're talking about sharing life with God. We're going to look at some scripture around that idea. But one of the things that I love as someone who really appreciates expressions of worship in the creative arts is that the church has this whole history of creating things that help us to understand concepts from scripture. So we're going to take a few minutes right now to look at a painting. This is the Trinity. It dates from the 15th century and it depicts the three angels that visited Abraham in Genesis 18. But the church has long considered this to be an icon of the Holy Trinity, the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And as we get into talking about sharing life with God in our teaching time today, we wanna to take a few moments to reflect on the Trinity. Because in the Trinity, we have a model for how we share life with God. There's no hierarchy in the Trinity. The three aspects of the Trinity move together, but they're still distinct. They are in one another. Jesus said in John 14, verse 11, Believe me when I say that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. And as the Trinity is in one another, so God invites us to be in him, and he in us. Well, before we continue on to our teaching today, we want to give you a little bit of time to reflect on that. I'd like to invite you to close your eyes for a moment. Let's close our eyes and move into a posture of silence, contemplation, and asking God to help us focus on him and not on our own distractions. Still with our eyes closed, quietly invite the Holy Spirit now to speak to you.
express an openness to his voice. Now I'll invite you to open your eyes and take a few moments to reflect on the painting of the Trinity. As you do that, what stands out to you? What do you see maybe in the posture of the individuals that speaks to how they are regarding one another? What does this bring to mind for you as you consider that as the persons of the Trinity are in one another, so God is in us and we are in him? What does that mean to you? We want to wrap up our reflection now with part of Jesus' prayer for believers found in John 17. My prayer is not for them alone, and Jesus is speaking of the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. He is in us. We are in him. We share in God's life. Amen. Steve, thank you for leading us through that exercise. I hope that you found that helpful. I hope that um, just taking a, a few moments to try to shut things out and just reflect on an image that invites us into considering our relationship with God and then hearing the scriptures read. Uh, I hope that that was something that you found helpful and useful. Well, I want to start off uh, this time together uh, just by saying how grateful I am that, that you are watching that you are watching with a whole bunch of other people right now. And for whatever reason, I, I feel like you need to hear this. You matter. You have intrinsic value. And God is so pleased with you that you are searching and longing to, to know him. And, and I feel like I need to start off by telling you that this morning. I also need to make a confession. <clears throat> it's something that I've wanted to tell you for a long time and, and I haven't been able to. I can't dance. Not, not even a little bit. I tried at a wedding once and someone threw me to the ground and tried CPR because they thought I was having a seizure. I can't, I can't dance. And I, and I don't like to pretend that I can dance. But I love to watch people dance who can. 
in all the different forms of dancing that, that we might think about, it is amazing to see people who can dance, dance together and how things choreograph together and fit seamlessly and they seem to know uh, how each one is going to move, whether it's two people or, or 20 people uh, on the stage. It is beautiful and it is graceful when you see people dancing uh, who have that skill. And it got me thinking about what we've been talking about in this series, that, that God is love. The whole premise of what we're talking about, of the gospel uh, or the good news for tough times, the gospel in 30 words, is this idea that that God is love. We exist because God is love. And for God to be love means that before creation was, God, God is love. And because love demands an object, we know that God is not a monad. He is perfect in relationship in Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as he's revealed himself to us uh, through Jesus, through the scriptures, we have this sense that God is perfect in love and that he is one God in three persons. And these persons are in perfect unison with one another, totally turned towards one another, never trying to overtake one another, never trying to run away from one another. Always open, always present, always vulnerable, full of love, perfectly flowing, freely in sync and unison with one another. And I think if I could try to visualize what that would look like, I would think of a dance, this divine dance. And as we wrap up the good news for Tough Time series, we want to look at the goal of the gospel. And if we go through the gospel in 30 words that Bruxy Cady has introduced to us in his book, Reunion, The Good News of Jesus for Seekers, Saints, and Sinners, Bruxy says that if we put it all into, into 30 words, it's this. Jesus is God with us, come to show us God's love, save us from sin, set up God's kingdom, shut down religion that we might share in God's life. And the whole goal of this is that we would share in the very life of God, that we would share in his, his essence, his nature. God wants you to share in his very nature. I've already admitted, I can't dance, but it is so encouraging to know that physically I suck at that, and yet God invites me into his life. God invites me to dance with him the way that he dances, and he's training me and showing me how to dance his way, and his way is a beautiful way, and what's really encouraging for me is that it's not just me. It's not like me and God doing a waltz together. God invites me into a dance that includes millions of other people in their own cultural expression, in their own linguistic expression, in their own way. God brings us all together into his life. All of those who say yes to Jesus are invited to share in God's nature, invited to share in God's life, and they join in the dance with him and there's a passage of scripture that kind of describes that that I want to read for us this morning. It's from 2 Peter chapter 1. So Peter was a leader in the early church. He wrote a letter to uh, kind of a cluster of Christians scattered throughout this whole region. 
And he wrote two letters to them. This is the second one. Chapter one, beginning at verse three, this is what Peter writes, and we'll put this on the screen for you to follow along. By his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all this by coming to know him, the one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, he has given us great and precious promises. And these are the promises that enable you to share in his divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. And that verse I find fascinating where Peter is saying, as you, as you say yes to Jesus and you begin to follow him, Peter uses this language of knowing God. And that's something that we all long for. We want to know God. And at some point we realize that our relationship with God moves from knowing about him to actually knowing him in person. And there's a huge difference between those two things. And as God invites us to dance with him, that is very much the language of coming to know him and not just about him. We're not studying God. We're not studying the scriptures. We're letting the scriptures study us. We're letting them read us so that we would come to know God more completely, more fully, day by day as we learn to walk with him. And participating in the divine nature is interesting language. I wonder what you think when you, when you read those words or when you hear those words being read. He invites us to participate in his divine nature. And it's this idea that we get to be in full communion with God. We're not being consumed by God. We're not melting away into oblivion. You still are able to, to be you and, and you get to participate in God's nature, becoming like God, because in the first place, he became like you. So there's a man named Irenaeus who lived around 130, the second half of the second century AD, or in the common era, if you prefer. And Irenaeus was a, was a follower of Jesus. He was a theologian. He was a, a thinker. And he wrote a very profound um, thought process around this idea of participating in God's nature. And he sim one, one way that he phrased it was this, that Jesus, or he became what we are, Jesus became what we are so that we might become what he is. He became what we are so that we might become what he is. And it doesn't mean we're going to become God, but the language that the scripture uses is that we become like God, more and more into his image, more and more like Jesus. We share in his nature. We share in his dance. And I find that very encouraging. So Bruxy Cavey, in his book, chapter 11, um, in his book, Reunion, this is what Bruxy writes. Jesus retained his own personhood while simultaneously merging that divine personhood with our humanity. So he's kind of the paradigm for us, for our journey into God's love life. And we will not be absorbed into God in a way that cancels out our humanity or our identity. Rather, we will be ourselves but ourselves caught up in the love life of God, made complete, existing the way we were always meant to be. So when we live out the good news, 
when we begin to understand that Jesus shows us God's love and we accept that love, when we accept God's forgiveness for our sins, when we join with him in his kingdom, when we stop trying to be religious, we are living out the good news that Jesus promised for us. And in doing that, we are participating in God's very nature. We're living life with God. We are dancing with the triune God. We often talk about um, in church circles that Jesus makes us right with God. And so it's like, okay, uh, there was stuff that was keeping us estranged from God, keeping us separated from God. We've talked about that a couple of weeks ago in our discussion around Jesus came to save us from sin. And we talked about what sin is. It keeps us disconnected from each other the way that we should be connected. It keeps us disconnected from God. But the good news is more than just that now we're right with God and we're still ourselves. And, we're, and there's this language that, that the biblical writers use. It's called new life. Or, for some of you who love this phraseology, being born again. So, if you're following Jesus and you hate the term, you know, a born-againer, uh, I've got some bad news for you. That's literally what happened to you. Peter wrote a first letter to the group of people that he was writing to, and I want to read, I want to read this verse for you. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Instead of 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, it's 1 Peter chapter 1. Peter says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again, because God raised Jesus from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Did you catch that? We have been born again. It's not future tense, it's actually past tense. When you said yes to Jesus, or if you're considering saying yes to Jesus, the moment you do that, not only are you made right with God because of what Jesus has done, but you actually receive new life. This is, this is radical because a lot of people in our culture today have this uh, affinity towards reincarnation, rebirth. But there's something fundamentally different with what Jesus offers. In other religions, the whole concept of rebirth and reincarnation is something that happens when you die. You still have to get through this miserable life of yours in order to anticipate what's coming next. And it could be good, it could be bad. But what Jesus is saying here is that, and what Peter is telling us, is that new life doesn't start later. It starts the moment you said yes to Jesus. The moment you said yes, you received a new life, you were regenerated, and God begins teaching you how to dance his dance. Now, when it comes to following Jesus, I'm so glad to tell you, I still can't dance on a dance floor, but I've learned a lot about dancing in following Jesus and dancing God's dance, and I'm so grateful for that. I hope that encourages you as you share in God's life. God is making you new day by day by day. And the dance that God invites you to participate in in his very life, I've just given that a name today and I want to call it the Missio Day. The dance that you've been invited into is the Missio Day. It's another way of saying the mission of God. 
Because when you share in God's life, you share in God's mission. Being always influences doing. And because God is love, he is always turned in love towards his creation. And so God's heart is to restore all of creation to himself. And when we share in God's life, when you share in God's life, when you dance with God, you are dancing the Missio Dei. You are participating in the mission of God. The Apostle Paul, another leader in the early church, um, in 2 Corinthians 3.18, he said this, God is spirit. And he makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. He makes us more and more like him. We're being changed into his image. And the very image of God is one of love towards his creation. So when we follow God, we are dancing with him the Missio Dei. And now we're sharing with God in his mission for the world. And that's the language that I've used, that part of the good news is that not only do we share the good news, we become the good news. I'm going to go off script here a little bit. What has been happening in the last couple of weeks um, with George Floyd, we talked about this last Sunday, is, is tragic. And the protests are meant to bring about change. And I'm so glad that people are pushing for this. And I hope that you are considering, as we talked last week, how to educate yourself, how to become involved. It is real, even in this lovely little part of the world. But what the world desperately needs is not just people pushing for change, but a whole community that shows them what change looks like. And when we share in God's dance, when we live out God's mission, when we become the good news, the church is enacting an alternative way of living for the world to see and to show them that everything that they're longing for looks like this. And we would say it looks like Jesus. And that means as a, as a community of Christ followers, we should be embracing and learning to live out ways that eradicate racial inequality, that eradicate social inequality. And I would dare say in my own life, uh, I've got a long way to go. And in our community, we have so much more learning how to dance because we keep trying to lead. And I think God is so patient and gracious and he just pulls back and says, okay, but when you're ready, let me lead. And the scary thing is when we let God lead, uh, we're not sure where he's gonna take us. But becoming the gospel is to go where he's going, is to do what he's doing, is to dance his dance. So I want to ask you, how are you going to do that this week? How are you going to share in God's life this week? You'll notice uh, in your uh, on, the, on the YouTube channel, in the video description every week, we are posting the notes. You can get them on the website, but you can actually just go down in the video description, click the link, and pull up the notes. And previously, we'd been doing home church discussion for our home churches that are meeting. And of course, things have changed so much with everything being online that we've done away with that, and we've created something called New Life at Home. And this is just a series of things that you can try out at home, whether it's just you or whether it's you and your family, whether you have grown children or little children, we think that it's actually possible for you to consider doing these things. 
So I'm going to recommend this week that the part of learning to dance the dance of God, part of learning to dance the Missio Dei, to share in God's life, is to be fully open to him. And the exercise that Steve had us do started us on that process. So we're going to invite you this week to read John 17, 20 to 23 every day and turn that into a daily reading. Think about it, read it out loud, process it, reflect on it, meditate, memorize it. And then we've given you a daily prayer. And this time we've taken John 17, 20 to 23 and we've literally just reworded it so it becomes a prayer. Pray that prayer every day. There are some discussion questions, just two of them. How does it feel to know that God wants you to share in his life? And uh, how can you partner with God in being the good news, living out his mission? And then we invite you to give it a try. And that's simply, if you haven't bought Bruxy's book, purchase the book, read through it. But this week particularly, read chapter 11, God's Love Life, and, and see um, just expanded understanding of what we've been talking about this morning. God wants you to share in his life. It's not about waiting for something better later. It's about experiencing it right now and being changed. When you say yes to Jesus, when you said yes to Jesus, that old way of living was done with. And now there's a whole new life for you to live and a whole new dance for you to participate in. So my encouragement for you this week is dance well. I want to finish by actually praying the prayer and invite you to pray along with me. Heavenly Father, may we all be one just as you and Jesus are one. As you are in him and he is in you, may we be in you so that the world will believe that you sent Jesus your son. You have given us the glory you gave Jesus so we may be one as you are one. Jesus is in us and you are in him. May we experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent Jesus and that you love us as much as you love him. That's my prayer for us. That's my prayer for you. So glad that uh, you took the time to, to watch, to join in. Looking forward to seeing you next week. Next week, we will start a new series. And it's all about what does God want? How do we know what God wants us to do? I'm sure you've asked that question. We're going to spend a number of weeks trying to help you kind of discern um, some, some different ways that you can figure out what it is that God wants from you and what God wants for you. So until then, enjoy the week. And uh, some of you, we hope to see you Wednesday night at seven o'clock as Steve leads us through some music and some prayer together. And then we'll see you next Sunday for this new series. God bless. Bye for now.